Hi, and welcome to the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello, and welcome again to the Stouting Off podcast. I'm your host, Drew Stoutenberg, and I am joined live in studio by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, how are you, man? Doing great, thank you. Awesome. Good to hear. Um, how's the week been? It's been great. Holiday weekend, you know. It's mon- coming up. It is coming up. Yeah. There is nothing like that feeling of, you know, normally when the Sunday blues start to set in, at which I am a continual victim of the Sunday blues. When the Sunday blues start to set in and you know you're on a holiday weekend where you have Monday off and that realization comes to you, that revelation comes to you. The freedom that I experience and the elation <laughs> that I experience in that moment is unlike anything else in life. I almost equate that with the same, um, the same like joy that I used to experience as a kid when I found out in the morning that we had a snow day. Sure, that's a great feeling. Ah, oh, it's a wonderful feeling. I almost just wanted to just sit back and rest in that feeling for a moment, but we've got a show to do. We've got some stuff to talk about, and I've got my little agenda right here and i've got some fire topics for you guys um speaking of snow days i was thinking about this recently i've been thinking about high school um i found in my storage uh, when i was going through to get some stuff out i found my yearbooks from high school and just reminiscing on high school times and how awesome it was and actually i don't know if you knew this jordan my senior year at, at churchill high school um, I was voted class clown. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's on my resume, actually. Uh, no, it's not. Could you imagine? Accomplishments. This, this, this. Class clown, Churchill <laughs> High School, 2006. Um, but truly, I wanted best hair that year. And my hair, you remember. Oh, but sure. Back then, my hair wasn't like this. It was like a globe of like sweet, curly hair. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was it was pretty sweet, but I really was gunning for that. Steve Merlo got it, and I love Steve still to this day. I really like Steve, but he just had long straight hair. I'm like, how? That's boring. Oh yeah, I, I had red the, too. Yeah, I was I like think. red. Yeah, um, I had the. I was up here, dude, in all that. It, it was like zany and cool, and so wait, you got best hair or you didn't? No, I was gunning for it, but I got oh. class clown instead. Oh, I see. <laughs> Um, which I'll still take. I mean, at least people thought of me, which feels really nice. That graduating class, I think was like five or 600 kids. So, um, still that felt nice. I just liked high school in general. I was in marching band on the drum line. Whenever I tell somebody I was in marching band, by the way, I always have to like make a distinction. I was a drum line, like the cool part of marching band. (laughs) Well, the, like when you think of marching band, the, the only, if someone, one, if someone was to point, like put a gun to your head and say, okay, what's the coolest part of marching band? You'd be like drumline. Yeah. So that's why I say that. That's my little caveat, little asterisk there. I was in marching band and then I continue on. Well, drumline. Um, I took shop class four times. So half my high school career was, um, was shop class, advanced woods. And I just loved it. I loved it, uh, advanced woods too, because I, you know, Believe it or not, I enjoy working with my with my paws. I like putting my hands on stuff and doing work and occasionally getting a blister here or there. I enjoy it. 
And uh, I remember this distinctly the third and fourth time that uh, third and fourth times that I took shop class when our teacher was like handing out the, the syllabus to everyone, the syllabi, I guess, plural. Um, I would just be like, just slide it back to him. Like, it's not like, I don't need to get this signed by my parents. Right. Like I can just give this. He's like, yeah. All right. <laughs> They've already signed <laughs> off on it twice. They know you can poke your eye out if you don't wear your safety glasses and they know you can lose a finger and you know, whatever else. Um, that always surprises me though. Do you know, do they still offer stuff like that in high schools now? Gotta imagine they do. I'm, I hope sure. so. It was that was cool to be around like heavy machinery, you know. Yeah. Um, band I really saws. Like, yeah, band saws, disc sander, planer, joiner. Like you can see, I've still got it. You know, I still got the knowledge. <laughs> it took four years of it. <laughs> it took four years. Of it, you know. <laughs> Goes without saying. Um, got some college credit for it, but no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, I took uh band class as well. I took band eight semesters and that was fun as well because in band class the the music teacher generally like picks song like pieces of music to do that are usually more geared toward uh the rest of the class other than percussion you know they're usually not like fun like xylophone or marimba or drum pieces which is what we were doing in the percussion section it's usually geared toward the trumpets and the flutes and the vast majority so we would just like fool around and like hang out and laugh and just do stupid stuff all day. Well, I should say all hour during band class every day. It was really fun. And then of course, like I said, marching band was so, 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 so fun. That's actually where I met your brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was, yeah. He was like, when I was a freshman, he was like this cool hot guy senior. Like if it was a movie, he would have been like the star guy, like the star quarterback, but marching band version. <laughs> um, I just remember his biceps, dude. I quiver when I think of his biceps. It, when, dude, like he would wear these cutoff shirts, and he, again, he's he's eighteen at the time, and I'm probably fourteen or fifteen. And it's funny, although that's only a three to four year difference. At that, a, a three or four year difference at that time of life is so vast because yeah. those are the puberty years. Yeah, those are yeah the adolescent years. And so Adam's got like deltoids and like biceps and like shoulders and stuff. Yeah. He looked like a man. And I was just this little, this little five (laughs) foot three, whatever. Do you Uh, think 18 year olds now look different than 18 year olds? Yes. Then? Then, yeah, I, I truly do. Male and female. The girls are growing up too quick now. Yeah. My gosh. Uh, And that's all I'm going to say on that topic. So, I liked high school. It was fun. The only thing I didn't like about high school was having to wake up extremely early. When I think like of, of high school, you we, we started at like 7.30 in the morning. To me, that's egregious. It's still to this day, if my boss was like, "You, we're going to start working at 7.30 now. Like, you have to be dialed in by 7.30 and be physically here by 7.30. I'd be like, huh? No. It's too early. <laughs> and so in high school, I remember still struggling with that, you know, even back then. And yeah, like I said, I, I still struggle with that to this day. I'm not a morning person. And so I actually wanted to share this. I read a research project that was this group of researchers took two groups of people. One group of people identified as morning people 
and the other group of people identified as people who don't like waking up early in the morning. In other words, me. But I wasn't in the research project. So they found through this study, and I don't know who performed the study. I think it was a university. The people who identified as morning people generally compared to the other group generally these people when they woke up at you know early in the morning their body temperature was higher so let me backtrack a bit okay through the night your normal homeostatic eight uh 97 to 98 degrees fahrenheit is your body operating temperature at night that body operating temperature takes a dip okay for digestion and other like critical functions that the body needs to do and so they found that these morning people, they were more, their, their body temperature was higher by the time they woke up. In other words, they were more ready to like operate their day. You know, think about it. If you wake up cold, you don't want to get it like pop out of bed and like take a shower and like get started with your day. You want to get warm. If you wake up cold, you want to just go back to sleep. You want to curl up in the blanket and just don't bother me. I'm freezing and I'm not comfortable and whatever compared to if you woke up and you're just like, ah, I feel normal right now. Sure. You know, yeah. I feel like my normal 97 to 98 degrees right now. Yeah. Let's rip. Let's go about our day and let's achieve some things. I'm in that other category when, yeah, when seven o'clock, when that alarm goes off, I'm just like, what's the point of all this? (laughs) What's the point of this? What's the point of work? What's the point of of life? No, not exactly, but truly it's, it's tough for me to wake up. Are you a morning person? I can be. Yeah. With kids, it helps. Oh, true. There's no, you know, yeah. With kids, the alarm is it's built in. Yeah. And it's at at latest 6am. I have to imagine. Yeah. I mean, no, sometimes seven, but like seven, yeah, I mean, Monica has it far worse than I do. She's if the baby cries, she like wakes up. I does that happen at nighttime? Couple times through Here, the night, like nightly. Yeah. Oh wow. Shoot. Like if she went if if she goes to bed at nine, she could probably be up at twelve midnight and three in the morning. Oh, good grief! I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Just for the next year or so. Fair. Yeah. You know, you know, it, trust me, Monica, you'll get a solid night's sleep in August of 20, 2021. 22 months. <laughs> 22 just, months. just give it 22 months. You'll be okay. 22 months. I couldn't imagine. I I die when I sleep. I oh. black out until the next morning. Oh, dude. And that is a gift that I envy. I truly, I don't envy a lot of people about a lot of things, but I do actually envy my friends who can just be like, I'm just going to close my eyes and then, oh, before I know it, it's tomorrow at 6 a.m. And I'm ready, you know? Yeah. I had a friend, well, I still do have a friend, but he, um, he, Joel Nagel is his name. And Joel Nagel was at my house one time when we were probably 20, he's three years older than me, so probably 20 and 23. And I remember he fell asleep like off the side of the couch with his legs dangling off the side of the couch and he was just like on the couch there was no pillow or anything but he was like sitting there and you could tell he just like fell back because he was getting relaxed and he slept the entire night like that i remember at like one in the morning going to him being i was about to be like hey joel do you want to like go home or anything and i didn't do that and then i still woke up at my normal like 
you know, eight o'clock in the morning. He was still sleeping like that. <laughs> I'm like, how do people do this? I don't know, man. I swear it that's it's genetic in that family too. Really? Like in the Nagel family. Yeah, like their dad will be like, you could rob me, you could steal everything from my house and and kidnap me and I wouldn't notice if I'm sleeping, you know. <laughs> me meanwhile, I said in episode 1, I think if my cell phone lights up with no sound yeah. at night. Yeah. I'm like something's up. <laughs> Dude, one time I had like a half day of work. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a nap. I never take naps. Around like 12 or 1 yeah, p.m. Like 1.30, yeah. I think. I woke up the next morning. <laughs> Dude. And so- I was like, I was robbed of my like half day. Yes. Like I just missed out on so many things. I See, that doesn't even surprise me to hear because I, I know that you're just like, you're a sleep guy. Big sleep yeah. guy. Uh, and I envy you. There you go. You big win. Big sleep guy. You're big sleep guy. Melatonin is a naturally occurring uh, neurotransmitter in your brain at high volumes. Do you take it? Oh, I take it. I take 20 milligrams a night. Really? A night? It gets me to sleep until about 3 in the morning, and then I wake up when my cortisol levels start (laughs) elevating. (laughs) So cortisol, we talked about this, I think, in one of the podcasts. Cortisol is this naturally occurring, I think it's a hormone, but... It's basically, it helps promote um, alertness, and it's basically, I think it's synthesized in your brain um, in times of stress. <laughs> yeah, like high blood pressure. and So like around that. 3 a.m., I start getting stressed, probably subconsciously thinking about working the next morning. Um, <laughs> or the cold brew that you're about to wake up or to. Or the cold brew. It's probably anticipation more than stress. You're yeah. right. You're right. And it's a privilege to have a job. I love my job. Um, had a wonderful lunch today. It was a Asian flank steak sandwich from the local deli here. No Mi- kidding. Mitchell Deli. Yeah. Um, it's good. It was so good, but I couldn't finish it. I threw away part of it. Hmm. Um, it, it's pretty carby anyway, and it's pretty like cheesy and there's some other stuff on there that's not exactly healthy. So sometimes I'll do this before I'm ready to be done eating something that's not healthy out of guilt. I'll throw it away. But sometimes I'll throw it away in the packaging. So if I need to, if I'm desperate, I can go back in there. I've done this before. Please don't judge me. I have some friends who do judge me. I've thrown a pack of Oreos in the trash before. Sealed though, still, you know? (laughs) If I get desperate, reach back in there. They didn't get any trash on them. Like there's no, no whatever. So I can pull the cookies out of the trash and eat them <laughs> <laughs> and i don't share that with many people but i'm sharing that with starting many off people listeners. but i'm sharing that with many people actually <laughs> that's what we're about here uh, we're about good. transparency we're about um yeah we're about all the fine details you know i've never done that that's because it's a serial killer move to do like it's cr- a crazy person thing to do that but yeah. I don't know. I have food guilt. I need to get over that. I should see a food psychologist or something. Do you think those exist? Uh, Yeah. I, I think that would just be like a nutritionist. Probably, <laughs> or, right? No. A nutritionist tells you, here's what, oh, what are your goals? You want to lose weight? Here's what you do. Here's your diet breakdown. I'll tell you what to do. That's a nutritionist or a dietitian, I think. Wow. Now I'm probably going to get myself in hot water with dietitians and nutritionists 
I'm talking food psychologist. I need to change my relationship with food. Um, type that in, food psychologist. Yeah, understanding eating behavior and habits. Wow. There's some stuff out there. You can get help. <laughs> Thank you. All right, good to know. Flash the hotlines. <laughs> little number on the screen here. Um, do you ever have dread before you're about to do something that at one point you really wanted to do? Or yeah. before you're going to meet with somebody that prior you really wanted to meet with? Yeah. I get that so much and it doesn't make any sense to me because I love new experiences. I love meeting new people. But there's always a part of me that right before I'm supposed to leave the house to go meet with this person, if it, even if it's just like, whatever, coffee with a friend who I don't really, you know, say it's coffee with a friend who I don't really hang out with that much or somebody I'm just getting to know maybe from church or from work or whatever, you know, I get dread before I leave the house. I don't know why. Yeah. Or yeah, if it's a date, especially I'm like, thinking in the back of my mind should i just cancel no it's not the right thing to do you got to go just buck up little camper or yeah if it's just a new experience in general i have this dread for no reason and i don't know how to explain it i but I you know what i'm saying thing. oh absolutely i had it today man come in here i met to with the studio no oh. <laughs> i met with a i met with a, a, a client today oh, okay uh this afternoon and i've been excited about this meeting all week and then the time comes. And I wake up this morning and I'm like, the fact that I have to be somewhere at 12 o'clock. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. When someone has expectations for you, even if it's on your own volition, even if you sure. committed yeah. to those yeah. you know, expectations. But then afterwards, it's fine. You're right? happy you went. Yeah. You stay longer than you expected you st- to stay. All this stuff. You're like, yeah. you're, you're coming back saying like, that was, that was a great meeting. That was a great, that was fun. Did you hear the whiskey stones just I now? I did, yeah. My friend Savannah got these for me. Thank you, Savannah. Appreciate you. Frequent listener to the Sounding Off podcast. Um, I just get that dread, though. And that's it. I just wanted to know if you could relate. Um, 100%. Kind of on that same topic, I talked about meeting somebody new. You ever meet somebody and while you're talking with them, you get a name exchange in, you shake hands... And it's all good. You're you, in your, the back of your mind. You're like, no, no awkward moments in this exchange at all. Great first meeting. You walk away, and you're like, I, I don't even know what that person's name was. For sure, I do that. Oh, yeah, I do that more often than than not. Honestly, when I meet a new person, my mind is just so focused on making the introduction not awkward or uncomfortable at all. I want it to be all smiles, and I want it to be happy, and I want <laughs> you to like me. So I'm putting on my best. My, I'm putting my best foot forward, and I'm putting on the Ritz for you, socially, from a social aspect. But the problem is, by the time I we stop talking, I don't remember anything that was said. Don't remember what you do for a living. Don't remember what your name was. Don't remember what your wife's name was. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need to be more like focused and diligent on that. I usually catch the, 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 like, the surrounding facts, like what they do, okay. stuff like that. Dude, I black out when I meet somebody. I do too. Because I think you, about what I look like. You and what you That's sound what like and yeah. what you're yeah. If there are any awkward pauses or anything like that. Yeah. Or if the handshake is anything other than just a normal handshake. Right. Because this is a problem that I think more off 
guys more struggle with this than uh, you know women for the most part. But sometimes guys do the they they'll dap you up. Instead of a handshake or, yeah, you just never know. So if that dynamic is added in, could you imagine if my voice kept going higher just now? (laughs) If that dynamic is added in, then even more. (laughs) No, then even more like stress and mental strain I'm putting on myself. Just don't be awkward. Don't be awkward. Make it feel natural. Think of the next topic. Think of the next topic. You know what my boss told me? I love my boss, by the way. He changed my life. Um... He's just a fantastic mentor. He said, if there, if either there's a dead spot in conversation or, you know, if someone asks you a question that you don't know how to answer, that kind of more pertains to sales or whatever. But basically the bottom line is whoever's asking questions in the conversation is the one that's in control of the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And uh, for example, I'm just spitballing here, but Say um, I meet somebody and I say, hey, I'm Drew. Nice to meet you. And he says, hey, my name is, and I don't actually hear it because I'm zoned off in another world. And, oh, nice to meet you. Oh, you know, yeah, you know this guy too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then there's a lull. There's our first lull. In, in my mind, it feels like five seconds, but really it's probably a quarter of a second. Instantly I'm thinking, okay, what's my first question I can ask? So uh, how long have you known? There you go. How long have you known so-and-so? And then they're talking. Sure. About what I want them to talk about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That also sounds like a serial killer thing, but it's not. It's It it helps both of us because they've got something to talk about, and I feel good that there's no awkwardness in the conversation. So, okay, that topic finishes. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So, actually, you mentioned earlier that you went to school at so-and-so. So, What did you study there? Here we go. They're talking again. <laughs> the conversation is good. And I've only said a total of 20 words at this point. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. But I like that. Yeah, and I'll share true. like, and, and, and you know, if it's a good conversationalist, they'll reciprocate and they'll shake and bake with you. But, um, I always, t- it's always incumbent upon myself to incumbent. It's always, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's always pertinent upon, no, I always take it upon myself to be asking the questions, you know, because I want to be the little, I want to be the, the maestro of the conversation. Was I right? Yeah. It's incumbent upon me to be asking the questions. I've noticed that about you too. Just like hanging out. Monica's always said that about you as well. Well, in a negative in a negative way or positive way? No, just meaning like if there's one person to talk to that makes you feel good about yourself. Oh. It's stout. Oh, that feels really good to hear. You know, that comes naturally to me. Jim kind of coached me on that, my boss. But you know what? I lent you that book and I hope you read it. Yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Because in that, he says, oh, if you want to get people to like you, have them talk about things that are interesting to them, you know? And how do you do that? You ask them about those things. Oh, you like your job? What's your job? Tell me about it. Here they go. They're talking about their job and all these positive feelings are getting stirred up in their mind. Yeah. You know, and I just love it when a project comes to completion and... It, you know, like I can really see the fruit of all my labor. Oh, that must feel pretty good, doesn't it? Describe how that feels. Like, put me in your shoes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here they go. And they're feeling good. They're <laughs> feeling they good go. while talking to you. And there's a subconscious association that's made. I'm convinced. Yeah. I don't have the research to back that up, but I think that's how it works. Um, 
That's another thing. Again, I mentioned in the last episode, I'll just be going about my day and I'll think, this is something I want to share with the Stouting Off listeners. I catch myself doing this all the time, again, just because I love the group chat setting, but I'll text a group chat sometimes and I will ask a question that I could have just easily put that same exact text, that same like the question into Google and Google could answer it for me. For example, I'm in a hockey group chat and I'll be like, hey, what's the score of the Vancouver game right now? That's a question that I could have just typed into Google or just asked and my voice cracked just now. And so that's cool, dude. And that feels great. Um, (laughs) I do that all the time. I want to go to our first segment. What have I been watching? I've been watching Cobra Kai on Netflix and I'm so pumped about it. I actually watched an entire season in one day. Well, one 24 hour period, but Cobra Kai is like a reboot of the Karate Kid from 1984 or whenever it was made, which I used to watch Karate Kid all the time. So loved it. And um, like oftentimes when like a movie or a brand or whatever, a franchise will try to like reboot an old film. It just doesn't work in modern day. You know, like culture is different. Our like film and audio technology are different. Like all this stuff just kind of doesn't work. But whoever did Cobra Kai like nailed it because I really believe they captured the essence of the Karate Kid and what we liked about it. But they applied it to a modern day. You know, is it all the same cast or dude? So here's the cool thing about that: Daniel, Daniel San, yeah is in it as an adult and he still has his acting chops and everything and same with johnny lawrence who is like the lead antagonist bully jerk in the first one he's like hot popular guy blonde hair pretty boy who can also kick major a yeah and and he's like the bully and he beats up on daniel and stuff and daniel ultimately spoiler alert beats him in the all valley karate tournament and um but yeah, it's just like, so it's a reboot in modern day. And without giving too much away, Daniel went on to live a really successful life by all worldly standards. Johnny went on to live a life as a failure based on him losing the tournament, <laughs> you know? And so there are flashbacks and yeah, a lot of like the, uh, like a few of the key original cast members are in it. Not Mr. Miyagi because he tragically passed away in 2005, I think. Um, but yeah, like Daniel and like Johnny, and I don't want to give away too much more, but the original, like, well, no, I'm not going to say anything else. You should just watch it. It's so good. Like I said, I, I I watched the entire first season in 24 hours. Like I, I started some night, like one night earlier this week after work. And then I probably watched like six episodes and I could not wait until the next day at nighttime after work that I could watch it again and I finished the first season. It's so sweet. And so I still have season two awaiting, but Cobra Kai on Netflix is awesome. And that is what I've been watching. There we go. Have I mentioned, I love Dickie's barbecue pit with any meat uh, combo platter meal plate is what they call it 
they'll give you these awesome yellow plastic cups that have a variety of uses and truly just limitless potential with what you can do with these. Jordan, can you see it right here? Do I need to move it at all? No, it looks good. Cool. Love Dickie's barbecue pit. I said like Dickie's and I like kind of like hung on the K like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another reference to The Last Dance, another thing that I've watched lately. Um, so I was at the Y earlier today and I said, hey guys, we're at a new month right now. Just curious because I really busted my tail in August, you know, working out, going to the gym, visiting the, the, the YMCA. How many times did I go in August and they said, Drew, you came to this, you came to the Y 24 times in August. 24. 24. Which, if you take, you know, a, uh, a four-week month, which most, you know, wait, four times seven is 28. So usually, yeah, four weeks is usually the average month, give or take a couple days. I went three out of four weeks, you know. That's insane. Three out of four weeks, solid. Usually I go five to six days a week. Sometimes I'll go two times in a day and then just take a weekend off or something like this. But yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I've talked about food so much on past podcasts. I won't even go into it, but I love food. And so in order to offset the high caloric intake that my just the general nature of my life requires, it's got to be high activity. Um, I tell you what though, the body doesn't recover at the age of 32, like it did at say 22. Like I'm sore <laughs> after I work out a particular muscle group or whatever. Um, uh, I'm sore for like a good two or three days to the point where when I hit that muscle group again, I'm still sore from the last time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same thing probably goes for like for me, for example, mm. eating. And metabolism mm. is not what it used to be. It's not, dude. That's so true. You could eat two meals in five days and look at yourself and be like, I'm, still I'm trash. I'm still tra- <laughs> I still look shot. I don't look at myself when I get out of the shower. I don't look at myself until I put clothes on because I'm, I'm shot. I would eat terrible, dude, in high school and, and beyond. You, you lived off of, like, yeah, fast food, gas station food, yeah. pop. Dude, totally. I remember that. And I never exercised ever. Ever. And it was fine. And it was fine. And now it's not fine. Well, it's we're old now, I'm dude. You're growing up. You're growing up. Are you 30? Yeah. That's cool. Isn't that nuts? 30 was an important year for me. Um just loved it in general. It was a good year. Um do you remember your first concert that you went to? Yeah. What was it? C-Spot Rock. Oh, like a Christian music tour? Yeah. Who who played on that tour? Reliant K is all I remember. Love to hear it. Yeah. Love Reliant K. That's cool. <laughs> Old Granddad 114 is what we've got. Yeah, it was actually at Northridge. Oh, uh, really? In Detroit. Yeah. And it was it was great. It was fun. Um, Had a crush. Sat by her. On whomst? Say it. Abby. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah, Back you were dating. You were dating her when I met you. Um, and I think you were dating her from at least eighth to tenth grade. Uh nope. No? Uh no. I think I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I, I I think I might be right. Yeah. 
Me too. <laughs> just yield to the host. I mean, it's just a rule of thumb. I was wrong on that one, guys. Um, we'll we'll gather some information and report back next time on episode six. Are we on episode six already? Coming up after this one? Coming up, yeah. Come on, that's great. Crazy. Uh, my first concert, I was thinking about this recently, and I'll tell you why. I Whenever I smell this particular cologne fragrance, it takes me back in time to my first concert that I ever went to. What and my first it? concert was DC Talk, Supernatural Tour <laughs> at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit. And it was amazing. But somebody by me, I don't know if it was somebody by me or... We were pretty close to like the performers, the performers, the band, Michael Tate, Kevin Max, Toby Mac. I don't know if it was one of their colognes or somebody around me, but whenever I smell this particular cologne, it takes me back in time instantly. I'm back at the palace. I'm three <laughs> rows away from the runway and I'm seeing the guys. I remember what they looked like and everything. And the reason I brought up that topic again is because I smelled that smell recently and I was like, oh. I'm like 11 or 12 again, and I'm back at the Palace of Auburn Hills because I smelled that cologne somewhere. Mm. Um, so I've done some research. This is a, a cool thing to know. The reason that when you smell certain smells, it can take you back to the last day of school this year, or it can take you back to grandma's house, or it can take you back to this date or this specific time with this specific person. The reason that that happens is because the part of our brains that processes like scent information has many connections with parts of our brain that uh, process memory and process emotion. I believe it's the amygdala and the hippocampus. But isn't that interesting? That explains why sometimes you can smell something and just be like, it can transport you back in time to a specific memory. No kidding. Not actually to the point where you're there, but I'm just saying like it can trigger memories in a way that something visual or in a way that something tactile when you touch or in a way that something when you hear can't even do the scent information is that like the sensory information that comes from when you smell something is really powerful for memories isn't that interesting that's very interesting it's in one of my we've all got them too like we've it all got happens. them like yeah I, I, I'm, I, this whole time I've been trying to think of an example and I can't think of an example. It's all right. Your but, cologne will do the trick. Like <laughs> your cologne story will do yeah. the cologne you're wearing right now <laughs> takes me back. It's Burberry touch. I get, in fact, I often get asked what cologne are you wearing? And I try to keep it close to the best, but it's Burberry touch. I just, I keep it close to the best because I identify with this fragrance, you know, like I love how I smell and I don't want too many people smelling like that. Sure. A couple people in my life have, you know, have taken that from me, but I've also taken things from them. So whatever, it's give and take. That's life. It's a game of give and take. Oh, can't steal cologne. Oh, you just have to steal. Um, so some researchers out there predict that there will be a COVID baby bust, the opposite of baby boom, in 2021. They're estimating that due to the uncertain times economically and due to the insecurity of this kind of this year, <laughs> we can kind of just like it. Yeah, we can kind of just round up 2020 to just COVID year, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully it doesn't persist too much longer in terms of like really dominating our lives. But um, due to the insecure, instable, unstable uh, nature of this year, researchers and experts out there on population growth are anticipating a 
uh, a reduction of what they would normally predict for growth patterns by about half a million babies. They're mm. predicting half a million babies less than otherwise will be born next year because people are like, why would I want to bring a baby into this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, well, more. I think more importantly than that is, you know, my job has been cut or my income has been reduced or whatever. Yeah. It's just unstable for many, if not maybe most Americans, sure. you know. Don't you think it's a little hard to say, though, too, because everybody's home more that, than they would be? You're right. That is, that's a thing that... I remember when COVID first started, people were going to be like, people were saying like, there's going to be a boom, you know, like people are getting busy. But I think thinking people were like, yo, my like income either got cut by a hundred percent or some significant percentage. I don't want to start procreating until I, until we, you know, have a little bit more solid foundation to stand on financially. Yeah. I read this article about kind of the, um, the economics of, of babies. Babies cost a lot, seems like. Kids in general, right? Yeah. Would you say so? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this man speaks from experience. Um, so I thought that was interesting, though. And then now economists are saying, okay, so our population growth is going to be skewed by a, a, a large margin. What are the longstanding economic effects of 500,000 less spenders? Oh, Interesting. You know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years from now. So something interesting to, uh, to keep our eyes on. Uh, but I found that article today, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Have you ever choked in public before? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have. Right into it. <laughs> I just didn't have anything else to say on that. I was just like, all right, got my next topic. I, whenever I think about choking in public, I choked in uh, in Toronto in fifth grade on um, like hotel breakfast bacon. It wasn't hard enough. Hmm. It got it was noodly, and it was here. It was here and it was here at the same time. It was in my mouth and it was also struggling to get down here too. Dang, was it like a was it an actual choke or no? It was a moment, and again, it's. Like I talked about earlier with conversational stuff, I zero in on that stuff a lot more than, you know, the the person on the other end of the interaction might. It was probably a two or three second panic from me of just like, <laughs> do you hear the gulps just now? That's <laughs> <It's> gross. <laughs> oh, but I didn't have to have the Heimlich performed or anything. I think I like probably like just poked it down. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever choked in public? Yeah, but like I, I think I approach it. I, I actually do it. Like I did it today at lunch. No. Yeah. Like what? yeah. Like there was a, there was a, like I a candied not. pecan. Dude. I swear I did not know this. No, he he didn't, dude. Um, there was like a candied pecan. I I got a salad today, and it was it was stuck, but I try to make it like funny. So I just like take. My nap, you know, it was like a, a restaurant with like a nice towel napkin. Yeah, thing. it's not yeah. like a handkerchief type thing. Yeah. I just like made a loud noise intentionally, you know, yeah. like, ah! and then it was gone. Really? But like, had I not done that and I was nervous to be in the situation, I was like thinking, overthinking with it. With a client like, too, right? <laughs> You'd be doing the thing. Yeah, so, 
<laughs> you know, like yes. <laughs> I just want to get it over with. And yeah. so I'll just kind of make a, make a scene to do that. Fair. And then how did you address that after? Just like, I just carried on with the conversation because okay. I was talking as I was choking too, which sucked. Oh, you're like, you wouldn't believe the solutions that we have for you guys. I think we can improve your costs on <laughs> your costs on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. That's a tough, tough thing to deal with, but it's you just got to get it over with. That's the thing. In True. my opinion, you just got to get it over with, get it out. Yeah, you do. You got to, um, Anytime there's a little subtle awkwardness in any kind of environment like that, you have to address it. And I always, like you, Jordan, I err on the side of addressing it to the to the extreme, kind of. You know, I shouldn't say through the extreme, but in the doing more direction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's funny, dude. I didn't know you choked today. Yeah, that happened. Holy mackerel. Um, yeah, choked on rubbery bacon. You know, I've also chipped my tooth on bacon before. So bacon, (laughs) (laughs) so bacon can either be too rubbery that it's going to cause an issue (laughs) in the mastication and then ingestion process, or it can be so hard that it chips a masticator, if you will, a tooth. No kidding, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, Molar? Yeah, some more. Chipped probably, the molar with bacon. I was I was about to try to like call it by its number. Yeah, chipped fifteen. You know, but I don't know how their <laughs> numbering goes. Um, yeah, I've chipped my tooth on on uh, bacon before. Walmart Plus. Have you heard of this? No. Walmart Plus subscription service, just like Amazon Prime, where you pay a yearly fee, or you can pay it monthly for more per month. And you get free shipping on stuff. But Walmart is now trying to compete with the online retailers with, of course, the elephant in the room being Amazon, the juggernaut of the industry. Walmart Plus is trying to start shipping stuff for free if you pay a yearly membership. Wow. I'm not doing that. To me, Walmart has a negative connotation always, you know? Yeah. And I think that has to do with websites and different, you know like collections of photos and stuff of like yeah. people of Walmart. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Walmart has this reputation of just being like the employees don't care. The people for sure don't care. You know, why would you want to be there? I went yeah. there on black Friday one time. It's kind of weird. Didn't get anything. Would, was it a stampede? <laughs> no, I went late. Okay. I didn't go. I didn't, I was not a, I'm, I've never been a doorbuster guy. Yeah. Um, although I worked at Best Buy for three years and I would be there on, you know, day after Thanksgiving, yeah. Black Friday. And um, yeah, it was it was chaos, but that would be a quick shift. You know, you'd work from like 4 a.m. until 2 p.m. and yeah. it would go by in a heartbeat, just a flash. So many things because going on. Because there's so many. Yeah. yeah, there's so much activity. That was fun, though. I really liked retail. I'm reading the uh, the Walmart Plus like homepage right now. What's it now. saying? Yeah, tell me. It says coming soon. Walmart Plus will arrive September fifteenth. Mm. But then their marketing genius said, "But you don't have to wait to show the world how good you are at saving money, and it just takes you to the normal website. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still buy stuff and pay for shipping if you want. <laughs> Is that the idea? Right? Yeah, I mean, it just takes you to their actual website. That's going to be interesting, though, because It'll be you interesting. can't you can't compete with. Or, or can you compete with, with Amazon? Yeah, I mean, time will tell. Yeah. I I personally, I get to be brand loyal. And after a company proves that it 
provides mad value and I identify with their why and I identify with how they operate, I'm pretty much yours for life. For example, I went to the um I, I went to the gym recently and my headphones failed. Firstly, if I go to the gym and I don't have my headphones or if they're not working, like this particular instance, I can't work out. I need music. I can't listen to people breathing and grunting and stuff. Okay. But anyway, all this to say, my headphones failed and I was about to, with rage, just like rip them apart. They're Bluetooth headphones that are connected with a wire. They're Bose. Bose SoundSport and I love them. And I was about to rage and just throw them away in the trash. But something in the back of my mind said, Drew, just contact Bose. Maybe maybe they'll hook you up. Maybe they'll make this right. These Bose sound sports were over a year old. So I was like, I doubt they have a two-year warranty, for example. So they're probably out of warranty, but I'm still just going to try. Contacted Bose, and they sent me new headphones. That's sick. New sound sport headphones, and they were blue. They weren't even black. They were a different color, and they were cool. And I'm using them right now. Well, not right now, but in this, I used them today, for example. All that to say, Bose now has a customer for life. Yeah. Because I identify with their brand of quality and stand by their products and customer support. Customer support. These are my, these are my core values. Yeah. <laughs> customer support is my one core value in life. Um <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to comment on this. This is my last topic for today. So settle in, buckle up. I've got two more minutes for you. I er, Earlier last year, 2019, I re, came to this realization, this epiphany of this new segment of drivers out on the American roadways. And I called this segment of drivers truck guys. Okay. And don't let the name mislead you. Just because you drive a truck doesn't make you a truck guy. And just because you're, just because you, well, I should say you can be a truck guy, but not a guy. Like you can be, you know, female. And, but if you drive a truck based on how truck guys behave, then I consider you a truck guy. Here's what I mean. Truck guys, I came up with three cardinal rules. In truck guy culture, it is a dishonor to use your turn signal. It dishonors all of the truck guys. So if you drive a pickup truck and you use a turn signal, you can't be a truck guy. So truck guys must not use turn signals. In their culture, it's a sign of weakness. <laughs> it is, actually. So a truck guy never uses their turn signal. Two, when they park their truck, it's one or the other here. It's either they back in you know that so everyone can see, hey, I'm a truck guy. Or if you pull in front ways, you're parking at least on a line, if not over the parking line. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you tracking? Yeah. My third cardinal rule is when you are driving your truck, and I had to write these down, so I, I wanted to you know, give them to you as accurately as possible. When you're driving your truck, you have to adopt this body posture of... You've got a console on your right, and I'm going to simulate it with my armrest here. You're leaning heavily on it, and your hand is resting up on the steering wheel. You're not gripping it. You're not white-knuckling it, but it's resting up here. And usually in your right hand, while you're resting on the console like this, your hand is somewhere near your mouth. It's like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So relaxed. So, 
next time you're getting tailgated by a truck, look who's driving it, and I guarantee they're in that body posture. They're not going to be ten and two. They're not going to be ten and two. No, at you, and they're not even going to be like like when I'm driving my car. I I mean I might have one hand. My left hand might be at like seven, somewhat near the bottom, but I'm just kind of mo. I'm just chilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not leaning on my center console, but with truck guys, dude, they love leaning on the console. It's like, yeah, well, it's, it's so big. It's so big and sturdy, <laughs> just like me. Um, <laughs> big and sturdy. That's dumb. I, um, oh yeah, and they'll have stickers or graphics sometimes. Yeah, like a Punisher sticker on there. Sure. Or like the, the like the police blue like flag like the the black and gray american flag with the blue police sign in it just to let them know you know they just let you know they support law enforcement for example um but yeah they'll have a sticker or decal i recently saw a sticker on a truck guy's truck and it said is there life after death and then below it it said touch my truck and find out (laughs) i said gee i wonder if you're a truck guy um but it also gave it away because they had the exhaust that was going out the top oh, geez. behind the truck, like behind the cabin. So I just personally don't identify with identify with truck guys because I'm a pretty conscientious driver. And I I try to make it so like I, I feel like I'm accountable to everybody else on the road. If I'm going to change lanes, I owe it to you to indicate that, hey, I'm moving over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Especially moving at 50 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. 40. Absolutely. No, 50 is fine. I'll, I'll ratchet it up to 50 from time to time. Yeah. Um, expressways around here are 55, by the way. It's crazy. I don't do that. It's 70. Yeah. If you're on an expressway, it's 70. Yep. Period. Come after us. Come see us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's all I've got for today. Oh, yeah, that is all I've got for today. I want to say one more comment. When I was first starting to read, I don't know what grade I was in, a neighborhood kid showed me a graphic on, uh, oh, it was on a hat. Stussy. Do you know this streetwear brand, Stussy? It's S-T-U with the U has, a, I think it's an umlaut over it, the two dots, S-S-Y, Stussy. No. And he's like, oh, you're learning to read? What's this say? And it's written in like graffiti font. <laughs> like you would never, be, even as an adult, you wouldn't know what it says. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, you can't read what this says? You can't read then. It says Stussy. And I was like, whatever. Anyway, that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks again for listening to the Stouting Off podcast where we spout off commentary on the everyday. See you.